بسم الله الرحمن Assalamu alaikum. Today it is nine twenty Tuesday, nineteenth of July, two thousand and twenty-two. And in our series Reflections on the Holy Quran, this is broadcast number three hundred and thirty-eight. These days we are. Uh, looking at the use of the words in uh, chapter 2 verse 102 of the holy quran and uh, this is our 19th broadcast in that series these uh, broadcasts are brought to you courtesy of uh, laser Nahorandia School of Education and Religion, which is a department, a branch of MDN Manishat Islam or the Lahore MDN movement, etc. The uh, MDN movement was established by Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad Sahib Rahmatullah. And his teaching was that although other people say that uh, after the Holy Prophet Muhammad, another Prophet will come. This cannot be correct because uh, the Holy Quran says that the Holy Prophet Muhammad is Khatamun Nabiyyin. And the Holy Prophet himself explained this expression by saying la nabi abadi no prophet after me so now no prophet can come whether it's an old prophet or a new prophet or any kind of prophet and uh, said that uh, he had appeared in accordance with the hadith known as hadith and mujaddid and for 1300 years mujaddids have been coming to reform Muslim thinking from time to time some centuries you had mujaddids two or three mujaddids appearing it depended on what was needed and However, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad Sahib said that um, his distinction from other Mujaddids was that the Holy Prophet had said that the Messiah and Mahdi will come 
and uh, he was the Mujaddid who was called the Messiah and Mahdi in other Ahadith of the Holy Prophet. And uh, upon this, uh, those Muslims, those reciters of the Kalama who weren't uh, members of uh, the Ahmadiyya organization started calling as the Ghulam members and Ahmadiyya's kafirs and renegades and so on. Upon which Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad Sahib pointed out that uh, Muslims should desist from this because the Holy Prophet forbade this practice. The Holy Prophet Muhammad said that if one reciter of the Kalima says to another reciter of the Kalima that you are not a <coughs> Muslim, then it is the person saying it who's the heretic. This edict, this verdict of heresy returns and falls upon the person uttering it. The Holy Prophet Muhammad was so, so strict in this matter. And uh, so the Ulama said it's sufficient for people to recite the Kalima to be Muslims. What happens after that, it's for God to decide, not for us. Further on, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad Sahib also said that um, Muslims outside the Ahmadiyya Jamaat believe that uh, some of the prophetic revelation has been missed out from the Holy Quran and some that is in the Holy Quran. Although it is recited, the commands are abrogated. And, uh, said, this is not possible because God says in the Holy Quran, Allah says in the Holy Quran that I have revealed it and I shall protect it. So when the Holy Quran has a promise of protection from Allah, how can it be that any prophetic revelation is missed out or any prophetic revelation that is in the Holy Quran is abrogated, is cancelled. And people do it because they want to justify their extremist ideology and uh, uh, actions. That's why they do it. That all the peaceful passages in the Holy Quran are abrogated. It's easy in that. Uh, <clears throat> and Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed said that uh, certainly jihad is a duty of every single Muslim, but for the definition of jihad, we should look to the Holy Prophet Muhammad and not to anyone else. Let us see what the Holy Prophet said. The Holy Prophet said, when returning from fighting, 
that Muslims are returning from the minor jihad to the major jihad. Then he went on to explain that the major jihad is jihad bin nafs, a struggle with your own self, with your own desires, control your greed and enmity and backbiting and a thousand other things. That is the real jihad. And in fact, if you remember, the Holy Quran says that permission to fight is given to those who are persecuted and who are expelled from their homes simply because they say God is one or they praise God. But it goes on to say that if God hadn't raised Muslims, then churches and synagogues and mosques and other places where Allah's name is glorified would have been raised up. So this permission to fight is given to defend freedom of religion because it says mentions by name churches and synagogues, mosques, and then uses a general term. All those places where Allah's name is glorified. So that is what a jihad is. It's Muslims' duty to defend everyone's right to worship, to preach, to propagate, whatever they believe to be the truth. Okay, so let's turn to the Holy Quran. <clears throat> As I explain every time because it's quite a long passage, I will only recite the phrase which has the words that we are going to look at. A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Wa yata'allamna ma yadurruhum wala yanfa'uhum and they learn that which harms them and profits them not. We are going to look at Wala and Yanfa'uhum today. So let's go to my notes and have a look. As I have said many times before, in Arabic we say words, <clears throat> but a more accurate way to describe them would be expressions, because they're made of a number of words. Um, so, voila, that would be, we would say, 
is one word, but it has two morphological segments. What that means is it's an expression made of two words. The first one is wa, which is conjunction, meaning and. It adds what's already been said to what's coming. And la shows that we're talking about the negative and not. So because the expression is, if you remember, it causes them harm and not. So what follows is and not, which is Yen uh, for Ahum. And uh, this word is based on the root Nun for Ahim. And we find this root 50 times in the Holy Quran. And we find three words made out of this root. The first one 31 times, Nafa'a. And 11 times, Nafwa. And 8 times, Manafi. And it means profit, benefit. And it can mean profit in the sense of, you know, you buy something for uh, 10 pounds and you sell it for 15 and you've made a profit of 5 pounds. Or you benefited from that trade to that extent. So here in this verse, Bala Yan and not profits. So, uh, <clears throat> in another place, it says, Tan Fa'uha Shafa'atun Balahum Yun Fa'un will benefit from it. Benefits them, benefit from it, benefits you, benefits him, etc. And uh, some of these forms change. For, for example, Jan Fa'uhu, it says benefits him. Jan Fa'uhum benefits you. Jan Fa'uhum profits them. Well, actually, law Jan Fa'uhum profits them not. So you can see that by adding something, kum, or who or whom we may make it benefits you, benefits him, benefits them. So the pronoun gets added to the end of it. And uh, another uh, word based on that, Vamanafa. Now, Munafa is a word of Urdu which means 
profit in the sense of uh, uh, money. The example I gave that you, know, you buy something for <clears throat> 10 pounds and they sell it for 15. Uh, etc. So, in uh, generally, if we take anafu, that applies to everything, which acts as a conduit, as a way to hire. Uh, hire means good. So directly it helps you get to a goodness, acts as a path to you getting to goodness and of course its antonym, its opposite is dar, you know, dusar, harm. So, as chapter 25, verse 3 says, And they don't control anything. They don't control harm or good for them. And then chapter 7, verse 188, it says, Pronounce, announce, tell them that it's not in my hands, it's not my, in, uh, I do not control profit and loss, harm and good. So, what that means is, when the Holy Prophet is asked to tell people that he doesn't control harm or, or good for anyone, then how can someone say, you recite the Holy Quran and, uh, um, um, you know, it's reward that you were going to get, I will transfer it to someone else. The Holy Quran says, you don't control harm, you don't, don't control uh, profit, you don't control loss. So how can someone else do it? But we have this common thing, especially when someone dies, people gather around and they, they recite the Holy Quran, unfortunately not knowing what they're actually reading. And uh, after a certain amount of time, the uh, religious leader in charge, the Imam of the Malvi side, he says, well, 500 Qurans have been recited, now let us raise our hand so I can transfer the blessings that uh, all of you would have got for reciting the Holy Quran to the deceased. Well, this is a clear violation of this verse of the Holy Quran that I have just recited. And then chapter 60 verse 3, the Holy Quran says, Lan tanafa kum arhamukum wala awladukum. 
and all these contacts you made and you make and your relationships, you know, marry your daughter to X, Y, Z because, uh, uh, you know, that boy's father is uh, justice of the Supreme Court or High Court or whatever. Or marry into such and such family because, you know, uh, um, the head of the family or some member of the family uh, is an income tax commissioner or whatever. Not, uh, you know, yeah, okay. In this world, you can use these contacts. But in the hereafter, all these contacts, neither these contacts nor your children, no one can help you. And then God says in another place, chapter 34, verse 23, And yeah. No one can in intercede on another person's behalf for God, for God. That is for each person is the good of what he has done. You know, in this life, we made contacts. Oh, you know, uh, I must have this person as a contact in case I need medical treatment and I should have that person as a contact in case I need legal advice and I should have someone else as a contact because um, of something else. And God says, you know, uh, these contacts, they're not going to, uh, to help you. You know, the, if, if you're stopped by the police for speeding in some countries, you have influential people on speed dial on your mobile phone and you press a button and you speak to XYZ, the Inspector General of Police or the High Court Judge or whatever else, and then hand the phone to the policeman who stopped you for speeding And this person has a word with the policeman, and the policeman says, Oh, okay, I'm letting you off in the warning, don't do it again. This will not happen in the hereafter. No one will be able to intercede on your behalf. God says so, chapter 34, verse 23. As far as God is concerned, you know, it's simply your deeds that will come. Nothing else will come. It doesn't matter how uh, how many contacts you make and how many influential people you know. You will have to account for your own deeds. If you can't account for them, then you will be punished. God says that, you know, uh, people think that uh, we can learn these magic incantations and phrases and so on and recite them and <clears throat> gloat our enemies and uh, 
our enemies will be destroyed or the girl we are in love will who doesn't pay us any attention will fall in love with us and so on. God says, you know, none of them is going to happen. And you're doing yourself harm, damage. Well, for a start, this is psychological damage. Because what you're doing is this. You're saying, well, I don't have to do anything positive. <clears throat> I know this magic formula. And I'm going to recite it. And everything's going to be fine. So, as I said in the, uh, in the Urdu part of this lecture, let's do an experiment. Let the whole of the Muslim Ummah get together on a particular day and then agree on some magic incantation or maybe even a number of them. You know, 10,000 say they'll recite this one and 10,000 say they'll recite some other incantation and 10,000 say or 100,000 or a million, some other one. Let's do that one Saturday or Sunday. Across the world, recite these magic formulas and pray to God that Jerusalem is returned to the Muslims and a Palestine, Palestinian state is completed. Is anyone going to take me up on this? Can anyone guess if this will work? Of course it won't work. Or if you don't want to experiment with something so extreme, Let's experiment with something else, you know, get a magic incantation or whatever and uh, <clears throat> let's all get together and pray that Allah solves the political instability in Pakistan or, the, uh, or Allah uh, solves the uh, economic crisis in Pakistan. Let's do it the whole of a Sunday or a Saturday or whatever, Friday and see whether 24 hours after we've done that, or 48 hours, or one week, or two weeks, or one month, or two months, or three months, or one year, any of Pakistan's problems are solved, they wouldn't be. And God says, by doing these things, by falling into these traps, you are harming yourself. They're not going to give you any profit. They're not going to benefit from, from these things. There is only one, just one method. And that is hard work and sacrifice. Nothing else will make you successful. So with that, I take my leave of you with the prayer that whoever you are and wherever you may be, that uh, Allah keeps the whole of humanity safe and sound and free from harm. Assalamu alaikum, khuda hafiz and goodbye.